Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Steel Podcast. This is your host, Sarah Apgar. And today we're riffing with beautiful Fit Fighter friends and family on all topics related to finding your inner steel. We're sharing experiences, family, work ethic, teams, training, truisms. In other words, we're picking up what you're putting down, family, and celebrating the power of strength, spirit, and service in our lives. Can't wait to have a conversation today with one of my dearest friends, my former coach, a former Marine, the now the founder and CEO of Semper Capital and the founder of True North, which I can't wait to talk about today. And I'm just going to stop there because there's lots of other sort of rap sheet. We'll get into the details, but Greg Parsons here with me today. And so we're just going to talk it up, um, coffee talk style and talk about some things that we'll do some background and we're gonna talk about some things that are important to us, especially with respect to veterans and veterans day and things we want to share with you about what we think is really important as veterans and the way that all of us should think about the veteran community um, with respect to our businesses, with respect to the health and wellness industry and what we stand for at FitFighter, um, Tunnel to Towers Foundation, the work they do, True North Foundation, um, and the work that Greg does with them. So we're going to kick it off here and I'm so excited to, to celebrate with you today. So Greg, thanks for coming. Thanks for the invite. This is epic. I don't usually have visitors here in the studio. Can you tell how giddy I am? So, Greg, let's just kick it off and give us in two to three minutes, Cliff's Notes highlights of Greg Parson from the We Greg, um, born and raised, and just through to um, your military career. We'll start there. Uh, sure. Um, so, look, I was fortunate, born and raised in Westchester and grew up. I uh, couldn't articulate at the time, but grew up with a strong sense of service in, in terms of involvement in the community. Uh, and that led me to uh, post Princeton. I took a commission in the Marine Corps as an infantry officer back in the mid 90s. Um, loved my experience, loved everything about it, um, but got out after uh, serving, uh, deploying twice. Spent some time on Wall Street, spent some time at McKinsey and Company as a consultant. Uh, and finally decided to stop giving advice. It was time to get back in the arena and, and run and build build something. Uh, and so for the last, coming on 12 years, I've been building on, on the for-profit side, uh, Semper Capital and Cabin Securities, which is a financial services boutique. And, and on the nonprofit side, um, something we call True North. So it's been, uh, it's been quite the journey. Yeah. So now let's back it up a little. You did a good job of the, um, see, this is, a, this is a military guy, you can tell. Short, sweet, to the point. Back it up a little bit. So tell us about uh, journey to what what took you to Princeton in the first place. Um, we got to talk rugby a little bit briefly because that's how we first met. Um, and then what ultimately led you to the Marine Corps as a decision for your first professional career? You know, it's interesting. I, my decision actually probably went backwards. You know, again, the Marine Corps does a great job um, from a branding perspective, you know, I, I called it attacking the psyche of kind of the teenage aggressive male, right? I kind of, I grew up, I played rugby, I played football, I wrestled. Um, again, what 13, 14, 15 year old male, right? Isn't attracted to the, hey, if you think you could hang, join the best, but we're not sure if we want you. I mean, I think they do a great job about really putting up a velvet rope and, and, and appealing to folks that are competitive by nature. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I tried to join the Marine Corps when I was 16 because I didn't read the rules that you actually needed a parent to sign. And so 
uh, stole a car or borrowed the car, <laughs> drove to the recruiter, tried to sign. And he's like, son, you got to come back in a year. And I said, well, there's no way my parents are going to approve this. So I'm not coming back. Um, Interesting. Uh, I, I was for, I went to a boarding school, was fortunate that um, certainly there wasn't a ton of why Princeton versus others other than right opportunity to college. And, you know, I was smart enough to know if you had an opportunity to go to school like Princeton, you took it with kind of both hands. Um, and then I, I, uh, I did the, the Marine Corps as a program, PLC, which is effectively like a try and buy program. You don't commit during the school year. So it's not like ROTC. They don't pay for school, but you get, you get to go through training in the summers. And again, as an institution, um, the Marine Corps has got down to a science, you know, the cultural indoctrination piece, right? So kind of you show up, you think you know what the Marine Corps is and maybe you want to do it for a living and you walk away. I walked away from my first summer and it was crystal clear. You know, I was built to be a Marine. Mm. And so uh, I kind of did that program through college, graduated Princeton, but from day one at Princeton knew that the end, right. Come four years. I mean, school is a stepping stone to get to the Marine Corps as opposed to like a, a distinct thought process throughout school. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, you know, it's interesting is people always ask me, um, you know, Hey, now I've got two little girls, you know, you've got two little kids. Like what would you recommend the military for them? You know? And one of the things I always wonder is like having been so powerful and sounds like you and I both grew up with like this, at least some level of exposure, you know? Um, like what are your thoughts on like, should we be exposing kids more to the military? Like, should we, you know, how are we doing with that in terms of this being like a, an opportunity for them? That's a good question. I mean, certainly, um, look, I was lucky and my parent, you know, my dad had served a little bit, but it wasn't something that was kind of ingrained in the culture of where I grew up. However, you know, everybody owes something, right? You know, whether it's military service, civil service, public service. And so mm. I certainly think that, you know, I got a 14 and 10 year old through hopefully through example, um, but certainly through conversation, right? I'm trying to instill, and I think it's all of our obligations to push downstream, right? A sense of you owe something, right? You have to find a way to give back, whether it's volunteer work, whether it's military service. Um, so I certainly think there's a mandate, frankly, for, you know, our generation, so to speak, to really instill that, mm -hmm. you know, um, certainly I'm biased. I mean, for me, the Marine Corps and the military and the ethos and the culture and the and all the values that I'm sure existed, some of it were honed and refined. As I think back to my entire professional career, right? The Marine Corps and the military experience certainly was a solidification of those. And I think a fantastic platform to build off of. So selfishly, I would love it if my kids not just joined the Marine, not just joined the military, but ended up being Marines. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm certainly conscious of it isn't for everyone, right? And there are other ways to to serve mm -hmm. that are equally as valuable and equally as impactful on your life. So certainly I think it's on us to push down our kids, you know, look, especially in today's world, like we're lucky to be, you know, if you were born in the States, mm -hmm. you won the lottery. Not mm -hmm. saying there aren't challenges and there aren't things we all need to address to make it a, a more inclusive, you know, equal opportunity environment. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, right, you know, and I'm sure you've seen, you know, there's parts of the world mm -hmm. where, you know, the mm -hmm. end goal, if you're in America, like you've won. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so we all owe something to kind of perpetuate and continue on in that. And so, um, mm -hmm. again, I have a son, he's 14, and I try not to, hey, so are we thinking about the military? Mm -hmm. You know, secretly, right? There's Marine Corps stuff scattered throughout the house. And those mm -hmm. are the stories I get most excited about. And <laughs> would love for them to follow that path. Mm -hmm. um, because I do recommend, I think there are, 
certainly for some people it's calling, but there are very tangible skills and cultural skills and, a, and, a, and, a, and an approach to life that, that the military does a great job in terms of building on and, and reinforcing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great segue into some of the work, um, you know, more than a lot of people I know, um, or a lot of my colleagues, like you have prioritized supporting veterans, supporting the military, staying tight with your, you know, Marine Corps roots. And it's like a part of you, you can tell, like you meet you as a person and it's like not surprising, you know, you sort of carry that ethos, like, you know, right, like on your chest. And I think that's really cool. And, you know, I try to do the same thing. Um, tell sort of why has that become something that you've just kept as such a strong thread? Um, you, you've gone, moved mountains to, to found True North. So let's start there. You know, what was the inspiration for True North? What is this organization? How does it support veterans? Um, and then hopefully our, uh, our listeners will, you know, will, will be coming in droves to, to be involved in this work too. Um, yeah. I mean, certainly there's, you know, I am committed to give back to that particular community. I mean, I think certainly, and I look, I couldn't articulate this, you know, I have, I have the benefit of, you know, I, I, I got out of the military coming on 25, 30 years ago. Right. So a lot of this is the ability to articulate and you think back and you start pick, putting together the pieces of your life. Um, I was, I've always been attracted to team, like the, the idea of a team, right. You know, how we met, right. Like, other than the military, my involvement with the rugby over the years, coaching or playing was probably as impactful or you know was as defining of an experience um and so it's something i always gravitate to something i pulled a lot of energy out of and and frankly when i got out of the marine corps um i had a really tough transition right i went from mm. being on quote unquote top of the world mm. right graduated princeton decorated infantry officer married right like you know the world was my oyster mm. uh and frankly i got out of the military and without being able to point to a single place time or event you know, fast forward two years and I found myself divorced, unemployed, broke, mm. effectively homeless, living on a friend's couch. Right? Mm. And I couldn't point to a, mm. a single time or thing or event. Mm. Um, and rugby is actually what pulled me out of that, you know, that, that chasm. Mm. Fast forward, um, I kind of internally swore, hey, if I'm ever in a position to, at a bare minimum, give my message to someone else, lessons learned, et cetera, and save them kind of the path that I went through, like, I'm going to do it. Uh, and it, but it wasn't really until, so I, I started Semper in 2010, uh, and the benefits of being an entrepreneur is, well, you know, someone gave you the keys to the car and you get to drive the car in any direction. Um, and I certainly, you know, having spent a lot of time thinking about it, a lot of time in corporate America, um, you know, was, it was able to realize that, you know, it's kind of on everyone to kind of make your own path and ensure that you're fulfilled and more and more and more while I loved the intellectual experience of work and I like the financial rewards of work and I like the camaraderie of work. Um, it didn't really, and even today, right. It didn't fill any kind of emotional or spiritual. Why do you get up in the morning? Um, and so we started true North really as it was somewhat selfish in that I need a way to work into my day job, right. An ability to give back to the veteran community, which has now grown and be, you know, so 10 years ago it was a passion project, right? How do I get excited about going to the office every day? Hey, well, I can carve out 10, 15, 20% of my time under the construct of work mm -hmm. to find ways to give back to veterans. Uh, and over time, we've built it into something much more formal where it's it's certainly I'd like to leave part of the ethos of everything at Separate Cabin. We support people strategically. Mm -hmm. We empower employees to find ways for them to support. Um, and, I, you know, look, I think it's especially as an entrepreneur, it's a very self-reinforcing cycle, right? It's it's good for the community, um, but it's also great for employees and morale and and. and 
certainly I am very conscious of having now spent years and talked to literally thousands of veterans. The path of the veteran transition, like while everyone's path is unique and individual, there are themes that are universal and everyone expresses it differently. But especially when I talk about the struggles I had in transition, my story, while the names are change the names, change experience, everyone, right? Loss of tribe, feel like I didn't belong, loss of purpose, et cetera, et cetera. So that's been quite personally rewarding. And then when I watch, you know, our employees, I mean, unfortunately, you know, less than 1% of the population, that's smaller now, but, you know, back up 50 years ago, everybody served and or knew someone had immediate connection with someone that served. Today with less than 1% of the population serving, and I, I don't know the stat, but there's some stat that within the military, well north of 50% are families that have served, right? So it's the service is not only small or the penetration of service is not only small in absolute numbers, hmm. it's disproportionately concentrated in an even smaller number of families, right? Hey, my dad served, my three brothers served, hmm. now I serve. Um, mm -hmm. There really is a gap in understanding and acknowledging mm -hmm. both what the experience and, and then to the value prop. And so just giving folks exposure Mm -hmm. um, I think on the civilian side to what, you know, the value propositions of the veteran community and, and some of the challenges they face is something that, that we've gotten a lot of traction out of. Wow. That was a really, um, sort of dense, you know, set of thoughts around, <clears throat> I think number one, your story, which I, I totally agree. It's like mirror image of like so many of us. And I, I actually, this morning, I, um, just in our social media, like I was posting on Instagram, um, you know, and I was thinking through, man, what do I really want to focus on, you know, this veterans day. And one of the things I want to focus on is, you know, really just elevating that truth that most veterans have. Like, that's what we know is that like, that is a, that's the normal story. Like the exception story is when you have the, like, you know, immediate, um, sort of, like exponential rise to, you know, a, a position of like, you know, incredible sort of influence and, and happiness and sort of this like, you know, um, kind of like perfect balance in life, you know, from your military career. I think more often than not, this is much more of a sign curve. Um, it's a roller coaster. It's day in and day out. You know, for me, I've always talked about like my experience losing my youngest soldier and the fact that like, you know, that that's, I'm just going to carry that on my back for the rest of my life. And I think um, one of the things I, I think about is I think there's like, you know, I'd be curious to think like for, for your thoughts, like what can people do if they are a little more removed and they're not a part of um, a community where there are lots of veterans, but knowing that there's probably some and it's probably someone you don't necessarily know and they're probably going through something that's like, you know, they feel like is taboo to talk about. What can sort of like your normal person or business leader or, um, you know, anyone or a teacher or anyone to do to just help to like elevate this as like the normal thing that it is, you know, that there are veterans that go through that and that you probably don't know about it. And that there's probably things that we can all just be paying better attention to. Like, what are a couple of like practical thoughts, you know, that you have? I mean, certainly, you know, and, and I think this is universal, right? There is, there's pent up demand to know, to help, to support. I think most people, again, to your question, it's like, okay, that's great. How do I actually find or navigate? Like, I think very pragmatically at the most base level, the thing I hear most from veterans, again, expressed different ways is, 
and I got out and I lost my, I lost my sense of purpose. I lost my tribe. It all ends up being, you know, in simplistic terms, like they lost their team, they lost their language, they lost their culture uh, and they feel isolated in some form or fashion, right? Lonely, isolated, right? Doesn't necessarily need to be dramatic. I think the simplest thing is, is, um, you know, the slightest bit of outreach, right? Just at a human level, it doesn't need to be about their veteran experience, right? But just ensure, you know, the new person starts at your job, right? You go out of your way to have a cup of coffee, right? And you act, you know, and you, you know, you be human, right? You find out about their experience. I mean, certainly most of my career has been in New York City, which is probably a hyper example of the lack of cohesiveness or teamwork that, that I think culture is built into corporations. Right? I went to work on Wall Street, right? You were supposed to show up, you do your job, you print, da, 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 da. there was no, I went from the ultimate team-based sacrifice environment to like, forget there's no I in team, right? There's no team and bonus, right? Like yeah. I didn't last long on Wall Street, <laughs> but just the very simple, like how do you connect with people so that at some level, right? The uh, Certainly for me, right? That, that sense of isolation gets broken down, mm. right? Whether it's you find common activities, you're sitting around, you know, shooting the crap at lunch, but whatever. I mean, there's just this dynamic of, and again, I noticed a lot of larger corporations, right? All the focus is on, Hey, how do we train the veteran, right? They got to write their resume. They've got to learn the job skills. They've got to translate what they've done, yep. but you know, rough numbers, right? If there's a hundred people at, you know, the UPS packing store and you're the new guy or you're the new woman and you're one out of a hundred, right? It's incumbent upon the 99 or hundred to be like, Hey, let's go catch coffee. We'd love to hear about your experience. Right. And just, so I think mm. you know, at a very mm-hmm. individual level, there's just mm-hmm. a very simple, like, Hey, you want to grab a cup of coffee level of, I would love to hear about your experience and I'll tell you my experience. And then, and then certainly kind of more formally, I mean, on the good news, bad news. I mean, I think there's last stat, there's over 55,000 individual VSOs, right? Veteran service organizations, right? There, mm. which just illustrates wow. there's massive demand to help. Yeah. Um, certainly, how do you sift through the noise? But I would venture to state if someone wants to get more formally involved, mm-hmm. literally, it's not more than one Google click away, right? Pick your passion. Like at True North, we've been, we are trying to be formal about planks of areas of focus, right? So we support education. We okay. support veteran transition. We support mental health, mm-hmm. um, and we support physical, you know, rehabilitation. Mm. And we've gone and then within those clients found or found organizations that we think mm-hmm. do a good job representing. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I, I think there's a little bit of you know everyone has their own emotional catch. Yep. Right? Some people education is you know you can pick what it is that you are passionate about. Yep. And then within that construct, I would put money on your less than two Google clicks away. Yep. from finding a local organization that is focused on that issue within the veterans. Yeah. And, or you can Fantastic. call Sarah or me <laughs> and uh, right. if you yeah. want to help, yeah. we'll give you the access points. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a, that's a good, you know, let, let's, let's say we're going to highlight a couple of the organizations that true North is working with that you want to, you know, give some airtime to, right. Cause these yeah. organizations that are out there just doing extraordinary work. I learned about a lot of these Tuesday night, we got together and, um, so maybe pick, you know, two of the orgs that True North is supporting. Tell us a little bit about them, you know, why you, why you chose them. And I think that will help to like, just bring some, breathe some life into what you're saying, which is that like, there is just like, yeah. you know, huge ops up um, there. I mean, again, I, I love talking about them and they're all, they are doing great work and certainly right work you know, True North specifically, we're very cognizant of, we are a small organization, right? 
for us to hire veterans, right? If I hire five people next year, that's a lot, right? And so yeah. there's kind of the, we were very thoughtful that like, I think our primary, the, the ability for us to drive change is being a catalyst and a connector. That's right. right. It's less about the checks that True North is going to write. It's more about the relationships that we can hope bridge between large and then these nonprofits. Um, you know, as I mentioned, we're, we, we span kind of those four clunks. Um, they're all equally powerful and they're all, I mean, they're all fantastic people, but I mean, one of my favorites, uh, we work with a group called Stay and Step, mm-hmm. um, you know, tragic, you know, um, it's, it's an organization focused on, on spinal cord and traumatic brain injury, kind of physical rehab. Mm-hmm. And they've taken a very holistic approach that it's not just about treating the injured, but how do you ensure that the family, the caregiver, I mean, it's a holistic approach to thinking about um, helping those folks get back on the, you know, literally and figuratively get back on their feet or, or navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, great story. I mean, Romy and Gabby Carmargo, um, you know, Romy was Green Beret, you know, the living definition of Grand Beret. He's out there, you know, countless mm-hmm. deployments, you know, living the life of the Green Beret. Um, it was tragically shot and paralyzed um, mm-hmm. in a mission in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And he basically woke up in, in the VA. Frankly, and if you look at current stated methodology, around spinal cord injury it's 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 very much maintenance mm. Mm. again uh and they had a different approach he's like no i'm going to attack the problem right so here are two individuals who raised their hands said we're going to start a spinal you know best in class spinal cord rehab effectively center and we're going to change the conversation around spinal cord research and, and rehabilitation right off their own you know when i say grassroots right two people with a mission with a drive fast forward a few years they raised enough money to open a center, right? You know, they've been in now in business seven years. Um, they've got over 65 active clients. I mean, they are on the cutting edge of thinking about how, you know, the evolution of spinal cord research and injury, not prevention, but rehabilitation. And in the community, right, they are driving great tactical change, right? So as I think about, I get excited because uh, you use, for me, selfishly, right, their constituency is half probably half military, half civilian, right? So it's it, it's a cause that certainly as a military, you know, the, the roadmap or the path to them launching what they launched was certainly from a military perspective, but the use case is universal and it, you know, it's, it's, it's affecting real people kind of at the point of impact. Yeah. Um, another one that I love that, that um, it's very easy to get involved with, it's, it's, it's called Dog Tag Bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, again, I think because I struggled with my transition so much, they are a platform built to catch people at that transition point, right? I mean, I frame it as it's really a living business school that takes a holistic approach, right? It's not just about learning the educational component, but kind of a holistic approach to proactively thinking about and driving your transition to um, wounded vets, caregivers, and, and family members, right? So again, there's an acknowledgement of it's not just the veteran, but it's the spouse, right, that has given up 10, 15, 20 years of their life to right, kind of support the cause, or it's the caregiver, right? And they they partner with, um, today they partner with Georgetown, right, from an educational component, and they bring in a host of entrepreneurs to kind of share experience. And they put, they put their fellows through a six-month or a five-month program um, where it's full-time, and you, you're basically thinking about transitioning, getting the tools, the skills, and the capabilities to launch the next next part of your life so again mm-hmm. on a personal level yeah um that speaks to me but again we're involved with the marine corps scholarship foundation right it's a great mission right honor marines by educating their children right yep. like give me a break 
it doesn't get any more clean or simple. And as a Marine, certainly um, you're able to change people's lives by offering them financial, you know, financial leg up. So mm -hmm. um, there are tons out there. Yep. Uh, again, I, I was amazed as we started to get more formal about getting involved, right? The number of very local efforts. And yep. there certainly is a conversation about how do you consolidate some of these and be better efficient. Like you can table that, right? That's sure. Over time, the market will figure out ways to make make it more efficient. But there is no shortage of of places to plug in. Yeah. Again, so I I would suggest or or offer to people find out what what gets you passionate. Again, whatever the theme is, uh, and then if you if if it adds to that that you want to do it within the veteran community, that again, and if you can't find one, call me, yeah. call you, right, and, and we'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I, I love hearing about those two organizations and they're, and they're, you know, they're, they're quite different, but kind of what you described, one of the things that, one of the themes that I really try to espouse with our Fit Fighter work too is around education and the, and really translating the experience of a service member into a, a new life that can carry all those same things they loved about, you know, being a service member and just supporting, like, e even if it, that's in the context of the very, very, um, you know, sad and challenging context of stay and step and, you know, the TBI and, and, and all the rest still sort of just harnessing, you know, all of the experience, expertise, skill set, and then helping to translate that you know, into what that becomes, like whether it's as an entrepreneur or, you know, or as a teacher or, you know, whatever it is. Cause I think that that's one of the things I think about a lot is that I think there's a sense out there that the, the transition's easier than it is because everyone thinks like, oh, well, you, you've already sort of like hit this North star experience of, being in the military, gaining the discipline, you know, having this skill set, you know, you've had this leadership opportunity. And so then there's a one thing I've always found is like when I got out, it was I was surprised at still how how sort of like empty and lost a little bit you could feel, sure. even though you'd been like to your point, like at the top of the world. And so I think that I think there's like a little bit of a predisposition to think like, oh, this transition you know, from the military to corporate America, or, you know, is we, we've sort of, I think, framed it as this thing where there's this, you know, there's this sort of perfect ability to make that. And actually it's the opposite because it's so, the, the lifestyle that you're sort of entering into as a civilian and the constructs and like the framework of that is just like so foreign. It's like landing on Mars. Right. I mean, you just, yeah, you're sort of like, how do people do things out here in this world where you don't have that, you know, that beautiful sort of centralized structure. And so, um, yeah, that's one of the things I really appreciate too, about like hearing about some of the organizations that you support is, you know, as you said, this is sort of just helping to educate and teach and support the entire reframing of your life and your lifestyle, like in this totally new way. And that really is what it takes. Yeah. I would even, I mean, Again, not to wax poetic, I'd take it even one step further. I mean, certainly there is the focus on how do you help folks, again, harness all that made them join the military and the skills, the discipline. I mean, you know, I, I believe it's one of the largest untapped resources in the country, right? When you think about all the things that were mm. embedded and reinforced and pounded to you as an army officer, right? Mm -hmm. Discipline, 
you know, mission accomplishment, sense of service above self, team, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we need. I mean, think of the, not to make this, you know, state of politics, right? Right. We need some of that, right? The state of the economy, like the business world needs a lot of that. Um, you know, certainly, you know, you hand me a veteran versus a non-veteran relative as an employee with my employer hat on. I'm taking the veteran 10 out of 10 times, right? Because the inherent skill set that they have, mm. um, thought process, ability to execute, et cetera, et cetera, I think is is something that that we have not, you know, or the country would be well served, business is well served, and the country is well served to better enable that transition to capitalize on what made you great or, you know, actions, persona that that were reinforced in the military, right? I think a lot of times there's too much of the transition has been like, hey, how do you shed some of that and learn to speak my language and redo your resume as opposed to, hey, how do we actually morph mm. our process to better extract mm. all the stuff that makes you valuable? Mm. So, Yeah, that's interesting because it's kind of like turning, spinning it on its head. Um, and I think that I think that's an awesome place to kind of um, to, to close and like hide under this call to action out there to, you know, we'll, we'll try to get as many veterans as possible to be able to listen to our conversation because I think like you have two people sitting here who feel exactly the same way about like, I've, I've no issues if like we, we've got some things to work out, um, with, you know, how, how we're going to sort of make a, a great cultural fit and sort of, you know, kind of place you in like a role within our respective organizations. Um, I'm just like not worried about that at all. Like if you come to me and and you're a veteran, like we know like inherently what that means. Yep. And I totally agree. That's, that's like a 10 out of 10. So I would say like to our veteran community out there who's listening, like that's probably shared <laughs> by like a lot of our other colleagues, right? Like just know that that's the case and also like have the confidence that that's the case too. You know, like I think sometimes there's kind of this like, oh man, you know, that, 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 that there's not this realization that we're out here being like, yeah, hundred percent, like, come, you know, let's, let's find that, let's bubble that up and, and make sure that we're hiring vets, um, that we're training vets that like, it's our responsibility to make sure that the experiences that we went through, like transition wise is, is something that we like move the needle on, you know, sure. for, for everyone going forward in the future. So, um, so like leave us with, you know, what, what's your, what's your closing parting thoughts? It can be anything you, you can, has nothing to do with this conversation. This is your, we've got millions of people viewing millions our, people. our podcast because we're so world famous, the steel cast. So now's your chance in the limelight. You know, this is your moment. You know, you give me a moment after the Marine Corps birthday, right? So I'm, <laughs> I'm working on maybe 65, 70% of the, um, well, no, look, I mean, again, I, I certainly, um, and I mentioned this on Tuesday night at an event we had, look, it, it everyone owes something, right? And there are ways, you know, you need to, you need, look, the call to action is find ways to give back, right? It doesn't need to be military service, civil service, but, um, I certainly believe, right, the individual, the small company, right, that is where change happens. Um, and it's incumbent upon all of us to find ways that we can all lean in and help, right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, if you get hundreds of millions of people all doing that one cup of coffee, right, you drive real change. And so mm -hmm. certainly, uh, and I would, you know, I would urge people to not allow inertia to be the roadblock. I can't find the right group or I want to help and I don't know how. Um, because again, um, I just think that's a weak excuse not to call people weak. Mm -hmm. um, you can come to true north for heroes.com. You can go to fit fighter, right? 
my information is there, Sarah's information is there. I mean, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of, of avenues to find ways to, to support, yeah. you know, you're, not just the veteran community, right? Whether it's your community, your school, your family, right? It's yeah. all. Yeah. So that's, um, yeah. And I talk to veterans often and, and I at times get frustrated and I'm like, look, right, there's 20, 30, 40, 50 in the audience, right? We've sat up here and talked about transition challenges, right? I'm raising my hand saying we are here to be a resource and help. And then, you know, two weeks later, when 20% have connected with their LinkedIn, you're like, what part of the message did the other 80% miss? Or, or how did they allow life to get in the way of just taking that step? So yeah, if there's a parting thought, I mean, I, I do think, right, I'm a big believer in, you know, it's, it's on all of us to find ways to plug back in and, you know, yeah, drive things forward. Yeah. 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 What a wonderful sort of more broad based thought. Um, it's bringing to mind the fact that my, the model for Fitbiter and our contribution to Tunnel to Towers Foundation is actually based off of my experience at Warby Parker, which was my first career after doing my, you know, graduate school. And, and that was where I got introduced, you know, by Neil and Dave, um, who were this, you know, pioneers of this idea that for, for me, for me, that for, but, you know, sort of when I ran into it for the first time, that for-profit business is really here to help to generate, you know, energy resources, et cetera. In the nonprofit sector, it's, it's here to, to generate um, new wealth, new value um, for people. And so their partnership with Vision Spring was like exactly my model for our partnership with Tunnel to Towers. So that's an example of an organization that's, of course, not, you know, ha has no sort of like explicit um, connections to the military, veterans, whatever, but like there to, you know, provide sort of the, the same value set. So I think that's an awesome message to end on. Thanks, Greg, for joining us for, for the Steelcast, our, our seventh ever. Um, so that was awesome. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And we'll, we'll get this, we'll throw this up across all our channels too for all those who missed it live. And uh, man, this is really special to have you here today.